who were abandoning healthful reading in favor of screen fare that glamorized sinful behavior. The city's only female public official, a member of the Kenosha School Board, led the ongoing civic crusade against these sordid moving pictures. In the early hours of May 6th, she could be found in her home on the second floor of the two-story wood-frame house at 463 and one-half Park Avenue in Library Park, a fashionable downtown area known for its massive churches, imposing brick mansions, and public commons, crowned by the Gilbert M. Simmons Memorial Library. That wood-frame house on Park Avenue was neither architecturally distinguished nor luxurious, however, and as the one-half in her address suggested, the school board official and her family were merely leasing the home's upper floor. Although she and her husband were among Kenosha's most prominent and admired citizens, appearing regularly in the newspaper society items, the couple prided themselves on their ties to ordinary people. The first female voted into a citywide office in Kenosha. She was not only a community activist and passionate suffragist, but an accomplished pianist and recitalist, too. Her equally civic-minded husband, the founder of one of the city's large metal and brass factories, was also an inventor who held a dozen patents. Although the husband traveled frequently, he was at home on May 6th, waiting with a cigar to celebrate the birth of the couple's second child. The first child, a son born ten years earlier, was sequestered in his room under the eye of the family's Irish live-in servant. The expectant mother's attending physician, like many of Kenosha's doctors, had earned his medical degree in Chicago from the homeopathic Hahnemann Medical College. Another doctor in this unfolding saga, a family friend, was not in the house at the time of the baby's delivery. Dr. Maurice A. Bernstein was an orthopedic surgeon, not an obstetrician, but in later years, after he outlived the school board official and her businessman inventor husband, he would emerge as the chief chronicler of the boy's birth and other milestones of his early life. Over the years, Orson Welles took a lot of ribbing about having been born in Kenosha. He had to spell the humble city's name for interviewers in the great metropolises of the world. New York, Los Angeles, Dublin, Paris, London, Rome, Madrid. At times he mocked and disparaged Kenosha, and he had his reasons. But he was also shaped by his roots, and no matter where he roamed, he insisted in interviews that he was a proud Middle Westerner. "'I am almost belligerently Midwestern,' he wrote on one occasion, "'and always a confirmed badger.' The badger was Wisconsin's state animal and mascot. According to Dr. Bernstein, when the baby was born, his mother noticed that his first cries mingled with the sound of factory whistles. The baby's birth certificate notes the time as 7 a.m., when local workers began their typical ten-hour shifts, so this, at least, is plausible. "'The sounds of factory whistles are significant,' Bernstein quoted Mrs. Wells as saying. "'They herald my baby into the world.' Her husband's company employed hundreds of laborers, and Mrs. Wells sympathized with the workers. Dr. Bernstein said later that the newborn entered the world with a considerable growth of black hair on its head and peculiarly slanted eyes that made him look Eskimo or Chinese. Since Bernstein lived in the neighborhood, he well may have seen the infant within hours or days of the birth. Bernstein said he noticed a strange soberness in its countenance. When it looked into your face, you felt uneasy, as if it looked right through your soul. Jotting notes years later for a book that he would never finish, Bernstein wrote that the child looked as if it wakened from the sleep of a former existence. Perhaps more than anyone else, Dr. Bernstein was responsible for the idea that the boy was a wonder, special from birth. But even Orson Welles felt the doctor gilded the lily rather thickly, 
in his myth-making. Bernstein himself realized he was prone to exaggerate, and he could be very amusing on the subject. Writing to an RKO studio publicist in 1940, Bernstein claimed that within a day after his birth, the baby spoke his first words, and unlike other children who say the commonplace things like Papa and Mama, he said, I am a genius. On the May 8th, 9th, and 10th, 1915, little was heard about him in the press, the doctor continued, but on May 15th, he seduced his first woman. Still, the baby was special from birth. Not every newborn in Kenosha was welcome to the world on the front page of the local newspaper. But there it was, in the very next edition after his birth, hearty congratulations to the parents and the proclamation of his name, George Orson Welles, the child wonder, the boy genius, the maker of Citizen Kane. The word genius and gene...